Well, hello. Hello and welcome. Yes, it's Mark. That's a weird way to start. This is Trucking Answers, the podcast, the best trucking podcast on the internet, as voted by my family and friends, and I appreciate that. Hey, you only have to get me through your ear hole here. Isn't that great? You don't have to look at me at all. That's wonderful. It's a Friday for people that hate their job. It's Friday so that they can go home and go do what they would rather do, which is most of us. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, an orange tabby, who is uh, currently actually out back looking at birds. So she probably won't have much to say on the podcast. Now, we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we're going to have a story from the United Kingdom on why we are not yet on Mars that was sent in by an astute listener, which I appreciate. And in that vein of the United Kingdom, they, Great Britain, will be the country of the week. Yes, this podcast is currently in 32 countries around this world, and I don't know, um, you know, on many other worlds, how many we may have reached so far. Nine downloads in the United Kingdom listed. Nine downloads, and I think that's pretty interesting. So, uh, how's it going over there? Nine downloads over there. Let me know what's going on in the United Kingdom trucking-wise. How's it going over there? All right. So I'd love to hear from somebody from the United Kingdom. Be sure to write in Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And remember to tell your company what a good podcast needs is a good sponsor. So companies could sponsor a third of this podcast, as much of it, a month, however you want. Podcast costs money. That's correct. So we can always use a good sponsor. So today I would like to begin by talking about some people that are kind of grilling Joshy. She's um, going to become the new FMCSA administrator. Um, she's a nominee and they had question and answer. You know, she's probably going to pass. I don't see why she wouldn't. This question and answer thing is just so politicians can get their face in front of TV and uh, ask some questions and go, oh, we're really talking to them about stuff, you know. But one of the things that was brought up to her is driver pay. And it's not her place to pay drivers or to change the way drivers are paid. See, what people seem to forget, and this is where politicians asking her a question, but of course this will be championed by drivers and driving organizations and stuff, that uh, the government in the United States doesn't set your pay. All right, so... If you are unhappy with your pay, you should go and work someplace else. There's $1,000 a week on the road, and there's $4,000 a week on the road, and everything in between. And how much of you that you get is, you know, all depends on how much you're willing to tolerate. You know, what are you willing to do, and what are you willing to tolerate? So you get what you will accept. And, uh, you know, I'm in, I talk to a number of people about trucking and stuff all, you know, all the time. And one says, oh, you know, everybody should come and do this. He's doing very good in trucking. And I said, you know, it isn't for everybody. What you're doing, everybody can't do. So uh, that's the thing of it. You know, to bump your pay above a company driver, you're going to have to do something other than what company drivers do. And look, right now, company drivers on the road are doing incredible. I wish they would have paid this when I was on the road. Okay, you could never have even thought of getting $2,000 a week unless I held my bills from the week before. You know, on the road be nearly impossible. So, 2 2200 a week I see on the road without uh, 
you know, without too much of a stretch, it's certainly possible to do on the road. But there's double that also on the road. You know, there's 4,000 a week consistent over the road as well, depending on what you are willing to do. You'll have to break free of a company driver job to get that kind of money. You're going to take a risk. It is possible to do. And it isn't up to the FMCSA administrator to get you that money. And people were, the other thing they griped about, of course, money-wise was detention, uh, especially ports. There were people, oh, people sit at the ports. Well, what I would suggest, if I sat at the ports a lot and didn't get paid, see, I wouldn't continue to do that and just gripe about it. You know, what I did in trucking is figured out all the things that hold you up from making money and then go get a, you know, basically go to a place that doesn't have those things for you. You know, like waiting around, like going to ports, you know, all this stuff, all these ways that they take money out of your check basically by not paying you, right? I don't do those things. And so that's all people really have to do. It isn't too complicated. You know, uh, money that you want to make is available. Everything's available to learn on YouTube. Did you know Trucking Answers on YouTube, by the way? We are, okay? Now, there's a lot of things to learn over there, including you know, basically doubling even a high company driver's pay if you have a year or two experience and you're willing to make some sacrifices. There's things you'll have to do, risks you'll have to take, but it's possible. You know who it's not, whose responsibility it is not? The FMCSA administrator, okay? It is not their responsibility to ensure anyone's pay. Now, as much as I feel bad for people uh, that are not getting a lot of money, when people write to me, especially at uh, carry a new these are new drivers and I always wonder why don't people investigate more into something especially if they're going to completely change careers yeah Mark I was you know whatever this thing now I'm a driver and I'm at such and such a company and I'm being treated poorly and I'm like well yeah because you're at a company that is known for treating people poorly and uh, you didn't investigate that at all so now you're stuck in a contract or something at a place that you're not going to do well. You know, the Internet is available to everyone. And, you know, so is $4,000 a week. Really, on the road, if that's something that you want to do. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I make that kind of money. I don't. I'm not on the road. I don't make that. Wouldn't be interested in doing it because that takes away from my life. You know, I want to I want to have a life and I build a job around that life. I take a job that it will fit with the life that I want. Most people do the opposite. They get a job and then try to build a life around that. Oh, well, I got this day off of that. Go figure out what you want to do in your life and then go make money around that. Oh, oh, that's that's a tough one. Think about that, though. Seriously, think about that. Figure out what do you want to do? You want to change trucking, right? You want to, you want to get on my bus here and change trucking? Let's do it. But you're going to need to go get a job that allows you time to do that. All right. You, what else, whatever else you want to do, we need to do something profound in our lives. We can't just deliver ping pong balls our whole life, 50 years, and then drop dead and think like you had some kind of great life. Okay. Make a difference. Be the change that you want to see. So all these things are possible, but pay is not something that the government should have anything to do with. Right. That is all you. It's all you. Can you do it? I think so. I think you can. Just get on, start learning, and uh, let's get that pay bumped to where you want it to be. So uh, on to trucking news here. There's some kind of electric energy council, which I didn't write the letters down. There's a bunch of letters as usual. And they did a gigantic test of 13 trucks. <laughs> 
And uh, they concluded from that test that most moves of freight could be done with electric trucks. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty good. It's like me getting a few matchbox cars out and go, wow, you know, most people could live with just these matchbox cars. I'm not going to say that anymore because I seem to have trouble saying it. So this huge test. But here's the interesting thing. 50% of freight moves less than 100 miles from origin to destination. And 75% of freight is under 250 miles. And that sounds true because relative to the number of trucks on the road, over-the-road long-distance trucks are actually a pretty small percentage of the total amount of trucks on the road. Most freight moves short distances. So that's where you see tons of day cabs around a city and some road trucks cruising through. So maybe, maybe these people are actually right. They're not goofball nut weirdos like I thought. Less than 250 miles, that's the range now of an electric truck. Now, of course, when you go do this 250-mile move, you get back, you got to plug the thing back in. So you do need that, and there's not, you know, most places, I would say, what, almost every company, they don't have like 440-volt plugs out there hanging where you can plug an electric truck in and the cost and all that. So that day uh, is a ways away, but it is possible that electric trucks could pretty much move a lot of the freight around. You know, without impacting over-the-road trucks at all. And for long distances, what do we have now? A FedEx. Our friends at FedEx are going to start a Dallas to Houston run in an autonomous truck. And by 2023, this truck will have no driver in it. There's a safety driver now. I think partially because of uh, they're worried about liability a little, I think. And also, I don't think the law allows them to run a truck down the road without a driver in it currently. So, of course, that driver would have to log and everything at the moment because if you're in readiness to drive, even if he's not driving, he would still have to log driving time. But they're working, they said, 2023. They'll run this route with no driver. No driver. And that's how this stuff starts. In the south, it's like I said, on on a dedicated route where they can go terminal to terminal. They can set the place up. And the truck pulls in at that, that point. A driver takes over, drops the trailers, you know, does whatever, and hooks up another set to go back. And sends the truck on its way. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's how it's going to work. In the south, they do that because of the limited weather conditions. So, believe me, if the weather gets bad down there, which we get sometimes, we, like I live in Texas, which they get, <laughs> all right, uh, this truck will be parked. It will be parked. But a lot of the year... If you could, say, 85% of the year run it without a driver, boy, that would save some money, wouldn't it? Right? Because drivers are expensive. So they can boot drivers out of the truck. They can uh, save it. And, of course, they'll lower the price of shipping naturally, right? Oh, maybe not. Maybe they won't do that. Here's something that's being proposed by the FMCSA. What do you think about this? So you go in, you get your random test or pre employment however it works whenever you take a drug test if you get a positive drug test on your commercial driver's license well you have a cdl they are going to take that cdl not only will you go in the clearinghouse and have to do a return to duty okay they are also going to lower you back to only a car license you'll lose your license so you will have to go all the way through and earn the cdl back 
the thing is, I don't think this is going to affect people as much as they're making it out to be. Because currently, from even from their numbers, when drivers get a random and so then they test positive, hardly any of those drivers actually go through the process with the substance abuse professional to return to work. They just don't do it because I think most places won't hire you. I'll see most ads, you know, will say, oh, we're not doing this or whatever. There's very few. Every once in a while, you'll see a place. Well, we'll take SAP. That's what that means. And when you look at the pay, I mean, I'm seen, I've seen 50 cent 1099 companies say they'll take people. Well, yeah, duh. You, who else are you going to get to do it? I mean, you, there, nobody else is going to do that kind of job. But the problem is hardly any drivers that take a positive actually go through the process and return to work some do not many so this the only thing this is going to do is ensure i guess that they don't work at some schmo place that doesn't do any testing and just pays cash because you wouldn't even have a license but maybe if they did that they wouldn't care maybe they would maybe they'd say at least you could have a license i don't know but they're talking about being done with your you'll immediately be downgraded as soon as that positive hits you downgrade your license you have to go through the process, get a return to work, then go back, get your CDL, then come back in the industry. That will just eliminate basically the rest of the people that are finally coming back in. They're not going to. That'll be the end of them. And, uh, you know, I would kind of agree with them on that. Who would want to come back after all that? Ooh, back to talking about this Electric Energy Council. I forgot to mention this. Okay, so what the guy said. Now, think about this. He said electric trucks, okay, are going to be the biggest driver attracting thing in his career. What do you think about that? Is that the way to attract people? Are people in society saying, boy, I would be a truck driver if only there were electric trucks? I can't wait until there are electric trucks. I don't want to drive a big diesel truck. I'd rather drive an electric truck. I mean, is that a thing that I don't know about? Am I missing something here? This is the biggest... So kids, right, we go to school and kids are like, well, I would, but, you know, you're using diesel fuel. I don't think so. Personally, I don't think that's a thing. I'll be very surprised if the reason people come into the industry is electric trucks. That's, I never get that. I never have gotten that question yet and probably never will, Mark. I would love to become a driver. I see your videos, but when are electric trucks coming? That's what's going to attract me. I mean, that just is not a thing. Okay, so it just, I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. That's pretty interesting. The biggest thing, I don't know. For him, maybe. Maybe he's all, you know, positive about it. But, uh, you know, I'm just not that charged up about it, to be honest with you. In some car news, the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee L is out. And I saw a review of this. Now, L, you get a third row in this thing. Why do people need a third row? That's one thing. All right, so I don't understand that. But, um. Uh, they're getting a third row in this. And this, the room behind the third row is what I thought was pretty interesting. 16 cubic feet behind that third row. Now, listen, that's small. Okay. The trunk in my Sonic is 12 cubic feet. All right. Think about that. There's only 16 cubic feet. And this is what, even with the third row down, it's only 40 cubic feet. That's how much it is in the back of my escape, okay, without the third row. So it isn't any bigger back there, even though the, the whole vehicle's bigger. 
And this is the problem that we had um, when we had kids at home. So we had gone from a Grand Caravan LE, right? We got an Aerostar and a Mercury Villager, but with four kids, it just wasn't enough room. And so rather than saying, oh, let's get like a Suburban or something, you know, we went the other route, which is where people should go, and got an E-150 conversion van. There's tons of room in that thing. Way more in a van, a full-size van, than there are in these three-row SUVs. Tons of room. Because with the third row up in this Grand Cherokee, yeah, okay, you can put seven people because you can get a bench seat in the middle if you want. Really six. Most people will get the captain's chairs in the center, which is a better deal. So you have six people in there. Great. You can't take anything with you. If you go on vacation, you know, with four kids, there would be six people in there. You can't all bring six suitcases because there's no room. The room behind the back seat is small. So for you people looking, you people, you people looking for a three-row, go down to your local, well, Ford, uh, get a transit now conversion or go get a Chevy Express conversion van okay and get some real room if room is what you're looking for it's way more comfortable inside as well and this Grand Cherokee L is not cheap they're 50 grand okay so 50 plus thousand dollars depending on what you put in it and stuff so it's not like it's some kind of cheap thing you know maybe even more so that's it's not like you're going to be saving any money on this jeep and the fuel mods with the v8 of course which is the way to get it because it sounds awesome was horrible 22 highway all right 1622 so not great although it does sound really good when you're getting on it getting three miles a gallon with it floored beautiful beautiful i didn't know this but volkswagen some time ago bought the international name and i don't mean from garbage trucks which should all be immediately sent by Elon Musk to the sun so they can be burned up because they're horrible I mean international scouts and travel alls remember those well they own it and I found this out because they have come out and said hey you know what we'd like to bring back the international harvester scout <laughs> that's right now, these iconic right SUVs really from many years ago used to travel the highways and you'd see them all the time. Growing up, I remember this as a little kid, all right, six, seven years old, or across the street neighbor that lived across from my grandfather where I was living at the time. They had a travel all. Okay, they had. So I always remember seeing these internationals and they loved that thing because even then I loved cars. I was always over there talking to them. I'm six years old. I'm going across the street to talk to them. I'm going to neighbors to talk about their international. You know, this is when you could do that. You know, and then I'd, I'm like, I'll get my grandma's cigarettes on the way back. So that's how that's how it worked uh, back then, but not anymore. But international scout might come back. And by the way, it's going to be electric, of course, to compete with the Bronco, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So the electric uh, scout could be coming they had a picture of it and i'll tell you what it looks a lot like the old scout if you remember those so i that's great they should get it as close to that look as possible get the two-tone on it get all that four-wheel drive you know shiftable four-wheel drive heck put manual hubs on this thing right to really retro this thing's up really retro it up and in that vein the bronco is coming in 2023 with a raptor 
the Bronco Raptor is going to show up. Now, unfortunately, it probably will not be a manual, okay, which it should be. It absolutely should be, but it isn't. But what it probably will have, and this is the full-size Bronco, okay, not the mini Bronco, the full-size, it probably will get the 3.5 twin turbo from the pickup trucks. All right, that's probably what they will put in it. You can't get that engine in it right now. That's going to be rated in the probably the low 400 range for horsepower, and that's a huge upgrade. The best you can do now is 325 of the 2.7 twin turbo that goes in it. So another 100 horsepower boost, bigger engine, right, even faster. It'll get the 10-speed automatic likely from the pickup truck as well and the same four-wheel drive system and everything in there. But I'll tell you what, it's going to also get the Bronco lights. It'll get the whole Bronco, you know, deal so that, you know, people can feel tougher or whatever driving around while they go drive to their office job and drive over big speed bumps at the mall and stuff like that because they want to feel like they're, uh, you know, something in their life because uh, nothing else is going right. Bronco Sport price, who knows? I mean, that'll probably be 60-ish. I could see them going fifty nine nine ninety five on on something like that. Certainly for a Bronco Sport, it'll fit right in. You can park it right next to your Bronco pickup truck in your driveway. You'll be looking good. BMW has come out and said, you know what? We are not going to make an electric car that has more than a three hundred seventy three mile range, <laughs> because they said that's all you need. Really, we're not going to continue to race for longer and longer range. You know, I kind of agree with them, don't you? Who needs more than 373 mile range in your car? Do you go more than 373 miles? Now, my cars do have a longer range than that, but do you go, you know, 400 miles on a stretch in a car? Not that often. There's certainly, there's certainly a stop usually in a few hundred mile range, it seems like, before people, uh, you know, keep going because they have to go before they go some more. 373 miles, that would actually be plenty electric car if they could just build it to charge faster that's i think that's the whole that's the whole hold up really that's what's holding me up really from them would be charging it needs to charge in five minutes okay unlike unlike what they're doing now the only reason people want a longer range electric car now is because of the time it takes to charge the thing up so people want a five or six hundred mile range because they know they're gonna have to sit around for an hour or two charging it but if you can have a, say, how 370-mile range, but you could charge it in a five minutes from, you know, where it's 20 miles left on it to 300 miles. That was a 20, you know, a huge charge like that in, say, five minutes. Let's say five minutes. What do you think, with, what do you think about that? Five-minute charge on putting those kind of miles in? Then, then we could talk more about electric. But currently, the current 45-minute hour charge, you get the thing full, this is not happening. So I agree with them. Let's get these things charging faster and just forget about all this long range. Oh, I have a 1,400-mile range. Yeah, great. That takes four hours to charge up. Forget at high speed. Forget that. So as we come to the third half of the show, I want to tell you about a little story. Now, I'm going to try to be gentle with this, okay? At, presumably, as our person in the story also was. But I want to um, keep it a little bit cleaner here because we do try to run a family show here. Children listen, I'm sure. There's probably some child that has to be listening. And I don't want to get an explicit rating. So this was sent in by an astute viewer, which I appreciate. 
So in uh, the United Kingdom, there was a teen, you know, and of course a guy because we're the ones that do most of the stupid stuff. Let's be honest about that. Um, and he's sitting around as teens do, you know, nothing to do, presumably thinking, you know what? I wonder, I wonder, oh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. And I actually thought about this in advance and I thought, you know, how, how can I tell the size of some part of my body? All right. Do we know what we're saying here? Are we following what I'm saying? Especially guys, come on. Think back. Okay, we know what we're saying. And ladies, yes, we do tend at young age to possibly measure things. Okay, so let's be clear about that. So, <laughs> for full disclosure. Um, the thing is, he was not as concerned of the uh, length of this item as um, apparently its volumetric capacity. Let's put it that way. Um, how much can you, uh, how much will fit in it All right, from uh, what I could glean from the story? So he's like, what can I use for that? And he looks around and what does everybody have close to him? I'm like, right. I mean, think about it. What do you have close to you? <laughs> well, a USB charging cord, of course. Yes. Okay, did you just picture something going somewhere else? Um, and I looked, I went and looked at a USB. I really never looked at it. And I thought, wow, that uh, the charging end of it is pretty big, is what I was actually thinking, um, depending which end you are uh, using to get the process started. But he was able to um, get this uh, inside, mostly, and uh, apparently then at some point, completely, because, uh, which I got to say, is pretty impressive. Now, I will tell you, I went to public school, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what all's inside of you there, but apparently there's a lot of stuff, and not as much room as you would think it's like taken up with stuff it's not like just an empty empty area so the cord um became tangled <laughs> in whatever all's in you in this area and he apparently started to uh pee blood which i guess is not good not being a doctor and he told his mom and they took him to the hospital now he did not tell her why he was peeing blood Okay, and they got there, and he went to see the doctor, and he told the doctor, he, without his parents, and so they said, "Now I think the doctor should have told them, and I don't know if he did or not. I don't know. A minor, ha the parents have every right to know everything that's going on because they're the ones that have to make the decisions of what's happening. So, I don't know what happened that way, but <clears throat> what did happen is to get this removed, he had to have surgery. <laughs> okay, apparently, what goes in does not come out." at least not as easily. And even shorter cords seem pretty long. Like I have like a three foot cord over by uh, the couch and, and that seems like a lot, but they had to cut a hole near his uh, anus and uh, <laughs> remove it that way. Yes. And that's got to be a delicate uh, uh, sewing back up process or whatever uh, with an extra uh, exit. Um, <laughs> and I guess he's going to make a full recovery. 
apparently from what they said. Now, no word on whether or not his phone was able to be charged from this. And if he used the cord again, that would be uh, something, I think. Uh, I don't know. But he is yet another reason why we're not at Mars and we're staring at ourselves going, oh, you know what? Uh, I wonder what I could put in there. <laughs> Maybe this cord. All right. Maybe an avocado. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that things that are like around you, you know, just laying around you like that you can touch right near you. Like I got a flamingo right here and stuff. Those should remain outside of you in an area that is outside of you. They don't go into any area that may have, uh, you know, entrance. That's uh, that's what I'm saying. And the for hopefully, fortunately and hopefully, this team will not show up on Mars when uh, Elon Musk and I take our trip there to go see the red planet. So that's why we're not on Mars today, thanks to the United Kingdom, and it's nine downloads. Possibly they're waiting for this story. That could be why I had those nine downloads. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget about the YouTube channel, and we go live every Monday at 1230. Now, here's going to be some changes on YouTube. October 4th, all right, I will be live at 6 p.m. Central at Dot Transportation in Mount Sterling, Illinois. I will do a live Q&A on YouTube from there. The regular live show on the October 4th will be done on the way. I'm thinking about stopping. It looked in like Jacksonville, Illinois at the Loves. Uh, and I will do the live show from there, from the car mobile on the way to Dot Transportation and then doing the live show at Dot that night. And that's how that will go for the day. And then we'll be driving back. So if you're at that loves, be sure to uh, let me know for uh, before October 4th. And we'll come and see you. You can be on the show and we'll say hello. That'll be a lot of fun. That's uh, We'll get more on that on the live show on Monday. And then October 11th, I will be live at GP Transco in Joliet, Illinois. Beautiful Joliet, Illinois. And that will be at 1130 Central, 1230 Eastern, the normal live show time. I'll take Q&A for gp transco any questions you might have i'll be just be doing the regular live show but just from their headquarters in joliet illinois we'll go up and see that so anybody in the area up there be sure to uh, say hello as well uh any drivers i know some drivers are from gp transco and listen please come by and uh, say hello and get on the show and say hi and uh, we're going to meet everybody up there it's going to be a lot of fun if you need me to come to your company, if you're a different company, hey, let me know. That can be arranged. So that's how the next few weeks will go. But this Monday, this Monday will just be a little different. That's all, uh, you know, because of uh, traveling over to Mount Sterling, Illinois, to see the wonderful people at Dot Transportation. All right. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast.